I think that it's really important to balance uh, flexibility with a little bit of self-discipline um, because you don't know which of those two things you'll need more of each day. And again, like I said, I've done this a few times. I have, we have our fifth right now who's one and my kids survived it. They're doing just fine. There are ebbs and flows in a homeschooling year and, or not even just in a homeschooling year, but across the whole experience as a whole, you know, there are some seasons where you're homeschooling really diligently and well, and everything's working out. And there are some seasons where whether it's because there's a baby or a toddler or an illness or, you know, grief, we're also in a grief season, you know, you kind of pause for a little bit and then you pick up again later. It's grace. It's grace. And it's Jesus sustaining us through all of the different seasons. Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real-life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. Hello, friends. Today I am joined by Abby Stone, who is a Charlotte Mason-inspired homeschooling mom of five. Born in Chicago and raised in Miami, Abby currently lives in a small Florida beach town with her husband and children, who love all things sunshine and sand. Abby has a passion for sharing authentic motherhood on her YouTube channel, Rooted in Rest, where she hopes to encourage mothers in their journey as home educators. Abby, I am delighted to have you here today. Could you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself, your family, and how you guys got started homeschooling? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Um, so yeah, you basically covered most of my personal life there. If we're not here at home homeschooling or at the dance studio, which is where my second home is for my daughters, uh, we are usually at the beach or somewhere outside. Um, but that is actually a passion that has grown because of homeschooling. So that wasn't always necessarily a part of our family culture until nature study entered the picture. So I always like to mention that because I think if you hear that somebody's outdoorsy, you're like, oh, we're not the same person, but it, it really um, grew because of homeschooling. And so I just like to um, share that, that, that I have also reclaimed that part of my own education. Um, so we are entering our 12th year of homeschooling, I believe. Uh, if you count preschool, which I do, uh, because preschool is tough <laughs> sometimes when you're trying to get three-year-olds to hold pencils and all that jazz. Um, so it's about our 12th year. Uh, we have our oldest is a freshman in high school this year, which is wild. Um, and then, uh, so our oldest is a daughter. And then we have two boys back to back. We have an entering seventh grade son and a fourth grade son. And then we also have a first grade daughter and a little toddler running around here who keeps us on our toes. Um, and when we started our home education journey, it was really because we had signed our oldest up for the local private school um, for preschool. 
because that's what you do is you put them into preschool and that's where it begins. Now it's not kindergarten anymore, right? And so we were just doing what we thought was right um, for our family. And I would pay the enrollment fee and everything. And then I just, I took her school supply shopping and I just put the little backpack on her and I was like, I can't do it. Something in me all of a sudden was just like, and I can't. And I hadn't considered home education before that, but a little, I had that little, um, you know, part of my heart that knew I didn't have to do this for preschool. So I could wait till kindergarten. Maybe I could teach her letter sounds at home and have her home for a couple more years. And so I told my husband, I really don't want to send her. I don't know if I can do this. She's so little. That backpack is so big. And can we please just try to do this at home? Preschool at home. I'm sure someone out there has done this before. And um, he was like, well, I mean, I guess it's just preschool. So if all else fails, there's pre-K for next year kind of a thing. And by the end of that first year, um, we had just, our whole family had just adapted to the model of home education. And we were just so much happier um, as a family unit. Um, and we never looked back. It was just, it was a good first year. I know a lot of, there are usually a lot of struggles through that first year. Uh, especially if you have background in school and you bring your kids home and that can be a, a tough first year. But we had a great first year um, because it just felt like an extension of my motherhood. I hadn't ever sent my kids to school. So it just felt like our same rhythms and routines, but we were adding in some colors and letters and shapes and, um, and we never looked back. So coincidentally, she will be on the varsity cheerleading team this year for that private school, but we're still homeschooling. So she did make her way back there somehow. <laughs> We've come full circle, but um, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't put the backpack on her. I couldn't do it. And thankfully, thank the Lord, we had some flexibility in time. And so I didn't feel pressured to um, kind of go against my gut feeling. I love hearing that story. And I love how you said it was sort of an extension of your motherhood. Like it felt like a natural kind of progression in those early years that, and a kind of an extension of what you were already doing, this discipling, yeah. like mothering that you were already doing. And I hope that's an encouragement to someone who's maybe like scared or thinking about homeschooling and it feels overwhelming and they go on the internet and there's like all of the steps and the, the to-dos that they suddenly think they have to do. And you just really don't, especially in those early years, you have time. And I feel like if you're, if you've been able to figure out potty training, you can figure out <laughs> anything. A hundred percent. I think that like those earliest years are the harder ones. And it just really, to me, it's gotten easier from there. Like you think when you start homeschooling, like, oh, if we're struggling with letter sounds, how am I ever going to be able to do middle or high school? And it's like, no, teaching these little, I've heard the phrase unpracticed humans, teaching these little unpracticed humans how to do, how to do things in order. It's harder than, you know, getting, getting a rhythm going and, and continuing on down the road. So those preschool years can be they can be tough, but yeah, if you're already doing bedtime routines and potty training, you are equipped. You've got it. Definitely. Well, one of the things you said right at the beginning is kind of interesting because you said that you weren't naturally an outdoorsy person or, or weren't already sort of an outdoor person, but you have grown through the process of homeschooling. And now this is something that's a big part of your family life. And so I'm wondering like if there are other ways 
where your approach to home education or your thoughts about like philosophy philosophy of education in general have kind of grown and changed over the years? Yes, um, I did that typical thing that most everyone does, which is brought a classroom into my home. You know, we had the primary colored posters on the walls and we had a schedule and we set the pledge and we did all the things. Um, and after six weeks, like I had no consistency with all of that anyway. So it, it didn't quite fit our, our um, personalities right from the get go. Um, but from those early years when I thought it was all about the curriculum and all about the schedule and, um, you know, just keeping 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., we have definitely grown as a whole family in, in our expectations and in what we consider to be um, worthy, you know, education. Um, I found the Charlotte Mason method fairly early on, uh, and it made so much sense to me. It felt most natural to the way we were already doing life. I definitely was a big believer in uh, faith and family culture being a building block of personhood, uh, as well as good habits and, and good self-discipline and routines. Those were all things that, um, that have served me well in my life. And so that made so much sense and just gave me so much relief um, that those two things in themselves made up two thirds of an, a child's education, according to the philosophy. Um, and so then just enriching that with good books and good text and good ideas and um, images and just all of the things that are worthy of studying, uh, just adding that into those things that I already considered to be of high value um, really just made so much sense to me when I would say my daughter was around second grade when I when I found out about the Charlotte Mason method and from that point on we've just continued to grow um, the adults in our home and the children in our home because even the idea of narration you know on Sundays after church we narrate what we learned and it just really has changed our whole family um, so yeah, we've definitely grown. We've changed quite a bit through home education. I, I didn't love nature. Um, naturally, like I grew up in Chicago and Miami. Um, and so it was like, not a huge part of the way that I was educated. Um, I was always in a high academic environment. Um, my parents would put me in those rigorous academic programs. And so in order to have more computer training or more writing practice, they would pull me out of art classes and out of music classes. And so I really entered into adulthood with very little understanding or appreciation for those things. And so uh, it was one of the things I implemented last into our homeschool was nature study and poet study, because I was like, well, I don't know anything about this. Uh, and the way that it's taught through the method of just exposing yourself to it versus teaching it uh, taught me a lot about it as well. And I really learned to enjoy it. And now memorizing poetry along with my kids is one of my favorite parts of our school year. I have my own nature journal. You know, they'll come and ask me questions and I'm like, hold on, hold on, this bird, you know, and I just, I love it as much as they love it. And I love that they've started their lives appreciating it um, because I just I can't wait to see what that looks like when they're adults but yeah we've grown so much as an entire family 
um, just through home education history. It was my least favorite subject. It's now my favorite subject, all those kinds of things that, you know, we all have all the things we thought we couldn't do that we learned to do through home education um, and learn to appreciate ourselves. I mean, it's just such a beautiful experience. Well, I'm already hearing so much joy and delight, the things you love about homeschooling. Do you have anything else that's sort of your favorite thing or like one thing that really stands out to you about homeschooling? Um, yes, I definitely nature study. I know I mentioned that already in history. Like I said, it was just something that I, I did not appreciate. It was taught in a dry way. Um, and now it's something that you'll hear my kids will play games like they're in history because it's just something that has come alive in our home. Um, handcrafts, something that I never thought I would ever be able to teach to my kids. Um, I've learned with them. Those have become some of my favorite things now to participate in with them. Um, and something that I think I will, you know, continue on even when our homeschooling days are over. I think there's so many new uh, things I've dabbled in for a year or two here or there with the kids that I'm like, I can't wait to explore this more. Or I told my husband last year uh, that I was like, you know, I, I would really like a homeschooling retreat where you just take the kids away for a week and I stay here and homeschool myself with all the things we have because I really love our beeswax candles and I really love our watercolor kits and I just want to sit in the homeschool room and be a student myself. I want to read these books and do these things and so yeah I just it's just it is it really is a beautiful thing when you kind of customize it to your own family and you grow with it. I think it can be such a beautiful experience for both parents and children. I love getting to still be all the, like the learning nerd person, you know, getting yeah. to read all the good books and getting excited about the things we're learning. And yes, I was thinking about that actually as our, our oldest graduated last spring and I'm I still so have, you know, I still have a, a third grader. So I still have a ways to go in my homeschooling journey. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, when I like retire from homeschooling, I'm going to have to find <laughs> other kids who want to come over and do poetry with me. And what am I, I going to, I'm going to have to have morning time by myself. Maybe I can rope my husband in to doing it with me. <laughs> A morning basket just for you. That's right. <laughs> well, these are all really wonderful parts of homeschooling. And I'm so thankful for these joyful things that we get to experience as moms. But there are some challenges that we all face. And I always like asking moms, especially on this podcast, what are some of the challenges you face and how you've sought to overcome them? Because I think there can be this idea that we paint a rosy picture Yes. Especially on the internet, right? We we come and do an interview, we do a video, and it's all like, look at these wonderful parts of homeschooling. And right. those are true. But it's also helpful for people to know they're not alone. <laughs> so what are some of the challenges that you guys have faced and um how do you how do you work through those challenges? Yes, I completely agree. I think it can be really hard to only hear the good things when you're in a difficult season. And um I've had I've had my share of really tough seasons just outside of our home, you know, things affecting us at home. And then I just had struggles with consistency or motivation on my own. Um, so like an internal struggle that affects our homeschool. And um, I think that in both of those types of difficult seasons, my biggest challenge is taking myself seriously. 
uh, trusting myself, trusting my own consistency, um, and that I can do it. And that if it's not a Monday morning uh, start, if it's a Wednesday that we're getting back on track, like I can do it. I can trust myself. I think that, uh, you know, I want everything to fall into place perfectly. It's kind of like the whole analogy of like, you know, so I'll start next Monday. I'll start next Monday with working out or eating healthy. It's the same with homeschooling. Uh, I can fall into that rut of, oh, I kind of bombed Monday and Tuesday. We'll start fresh next week. Or are my kids going to take me seriously if I say on Wednesday that we're starting a new book for the week or things like that? Um, I can get in my own head um, and I can really sabotage the whole thing. It's rarely the kids. It's typically me. Uh, when it comes down to our consistency, our motivation, my kids and most, you know, most homeschooling kids, I would, I would assume, um, have not known much else other than this. And so it's not really like they're um, not motivated. Uh, I think that they know what the expectations are. And my kids at least are very consistent on their own. If I'm not doing morning basket, I often find them finishing their independent work because they know there's still work to be done. Uh, it's usually me. It's my motivation. Uh, and to speak to that, I think to, to boil that down a little bit more, one of the bigger issues when it comes down to that is taking care of myself. Uh, feeding myself, like literally physically feeding myself. <laughs> That's one of our biggest problems in our whole homeschool is that I didn't eat <laughs> or I haven't been eating or nourishing my body, um, taking care of myself spiritually, emotionally, um, and, and just getting in a little exercise and sunshine. Those are all things that I neglect first, thinking I need to meet these other needs. We've got to get morning basket going. I've got to make some photocopies. And yet when I've woken up and read my Bible and had some eggs, then our days run much more smoothly, whether or not I've made a photocopy. So I think the biggest challenges uh, kind of lie there with, with me, my motivation, how I'm feeling, and if I'm taking care of myself. It, it's a struggle and it seems counterproductive sometimes to say we're starting in an hour, mom needs to go for a run and eat you know, some breakfast, but it really does change the whole day. A little protein does a lot for mom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sometimes I think like you were saying, oh, well, they take me seriously if we started on yeah. Wednesday instead of Monday. Or we get these like weird ideas in our head. Well, I bombed Monday, Tuesday. So I guess the rest of the week is a wash. You know, these yeah. sort of weird stories we tell ourselves. And I was talking to Cindy Rollins a while, many years ago now, um, a previous guest on the podcast. And I know one of the things she has said before is people will be like, trying to find this perfect book list. Like they want to read aloud mm -hmm. just the right book to their kids mm -hmm. or whatever. And she's like, I just tell people like, pick up a book and just start reading it. That's the most important thing. Don't get hung up by trying to start at the perfect time or like the right day of the week or the right book or the perfect curriculum. Just pick something up and do it. And I think that simple thing we actually do is so valuable. It's so much better than trying to do something really fancy. I agree completely. And now let's hear from our podcast sponsor. If you're looking for a gentle and engaging way to prepare your child for reading, you have to check out the wonderful All About Reading pre-reading program from All About Learning Press. 
This delightful but highly effective program lays a strong foundation for reading by teaching the big five essential pre-reading skills, print awareness, phonological awareness, letter knowledge, listening comprehension, and motivation to read. Through hands-on activities and stories, preschoolers learn uppercase and lowercase letters, rhyming, counting syllables, letter sounds, and so much more. Moms and dads love the easy-to-teach, open-and-go scripted lessons, but it's Ziggy the Zebra Puppet that really adds the sparkle to the pre-reading program. Kids love Ziggy because he learns right along with them, helping them feel empowered, successful, and eager to learn more. If you're ready to help your child discover the love of reading, Check out All About Reading pre-reading at allaboutreading.com or click the link in the show notes. And while you're there, be sure to check out the uppercase and lowercase letter crafts books for even more cut and paste alphabet fun. Find it all at allaboutreading.com. I think that it's really important to balance uh, flexibility with a little bit of self-discipline because you don't know which of those two things you'll need more of each day. And again, like I said, I've done this a few times. I have, we have our fifth right now who's one and my kids survived it. They're doing just fine. There are ebbs and flows in a homeschooling year and or not even just in a homeschooling year, but across the whole experience as a whole, you know, there are some seasons where you're homeschooling really diligently and well, and everything's working out. And there are some seasons where whether it's because there's a baby or a toddler or an illness or you know, grief, we're also in a grief season, you know, you kind of pause for a little bit and then you pick up again later. It's grace. It's grace. And it's Jesus sustaining us through all of the different seasons. Now let's hear from podcast sponsor and Sloan family favorite, Mr. D himself from Mr. D Math. Does your child love math, surpassing your ability to teach them? Or maybe you have a child struggling in math and you're looking for a solution that will help them finally get it. You want your teen to understand, love, and enjoy their math curriculum. Is that too much to ask? At Mr. D Math, we've got you covered. Many times a young person says they hate math simply because it hasn't been explained in a way that makes sense to them. At Mr. D Math, our teachers are dedicated to providing accessible support, instructing with clarity, and making math fun. We work with students from around the world, helping connect educational concepts to their everyday lives and exposing them to endless possibilities and potential for their futures. Head to MrDMath.com to check out our live and self-paced course options for math, life skills, test prep, and more. We even have courses to get your child ready for high school math or help them catch up or get ahead in a semester or less. Go to MrDMath.com or click the link in the show notes to see how Mr. D Math can bring clarity and joy to your homeschool. Well, one of those things, though, that never seems to go away, regardless of the season or the ages of our children, is this thing that they still want to eat all the time. Like, it's not enough to just homeschool them. But, you know, we've all heard the joke about homeschoolers being hobbits. They also want to eat like all the time. So how do we keep everybody fed, Abby, while we're doing this homeschooling thing? (laughs) Oh, this is another place where having toddlers and teenagers at the same time is very funny. It's like, oh, it's very similar. Everyone just is crabby and needs food. <laughs> um, Many snacks. Yeah, there, there, it is just, you know, we're just throwing yogurt sticks at people all the time. Those yogurt tubes, like, come on guys, let's finish this math lesson. No, um, well, for having a large family, it's a lot of bulk cooking when I can. Um, that is really helpful. I think the hardest 
for me is not necessarily the snacks or the dinners, but the breakfasts and the lunches, because that's right when I need to be doing other things versus dinner time is like, okay, I'm cooking dinner and everyone knows that, you know, it's dinner time. It's not also homeschooling time. So breakfast and lunches are, are a bit more difficult ones for me to manage. And so if when I'm making breakfast burritos, I just make enough to freeze some, that's helpful. If when I make muffins, I double the recipe and have some for tomorrow, that's really helpful. It's finding those little pockets of opportunity. Um, and like I said, just some bulk cooking. This week alone, we did, uh, I made a bunch of uh, pizza dough and I just froze them into mini pizza crusts so the kids could make their own pizzas one day this week. Um, we did some breakfast burritos and some muffins, things like that, just as I'm cooking it, doubling it. Uh, really helps when I'm in a pinch because we do get into box mac and cheese seasons where nobody wants to see it again for a year because we had it six days in a row. Um, so the, that's the more difficult for me are the breakfasts and the lunches. Um, and then also we do have a little bit of a system, I would say, um, in the afternoons, usually around two or three when our school day is done and, and the kids' chores are done for the day, I will put out a community snack. <laughs> It'll be like some cheddar bunnies and some pretzels and popcorn mixed together in a big bowl, put it on the table with a little clamshell of blueberries. And I'm like, snack, you know, and there's something there. Um, and that's just a time of day where I know everybody needs something before everyone melts down. Um, and it's kind of the last thing that I do before everyone starts getting ready for their afternoon of dance or karate or violin or whatever it is. Um, it's kind of our last community meal before dinner. And then in the morning time, they often grab a cheese stick or a yogurt tube or an apple or something. And we kind of joke that we call it our math snack. I don't know if it's anxiety about math or what, but every time, no matter what time of morning, I'm like, okay, time to do math. They're always like, can I have a snack? And so I'm like, it's time for our math snack and everyone just grabs something on their own. Um, so it's like a mid-morning, you know, little something and then an afternoon something to get us through the rest of the day and, and kind of cut cost on those prepackaged snacks that are so easy, but really not cost effective when you have a family of seven. Um, because I think we would probably go through like a whole sack of those individual bags of chips in a day if that was what the option was. So just kind of having a little system helps. And then those are the things they can grab when they're heading out the door for something, stick it in their karate bag or something like that. Those are some great strategies and tips. I love the idea of a math snack. I think we should just have like a snack for math, snack for history. Yes. Snacks, you know, <laughs> all through the day. Are there any other kind of logistical strategies that help with other things that like with a big family, like laundry or just sort of keeping up with the household stuff that is just a part of our, our regular life? I mean, it's a lot of just doing what you can when you can. I think when you're homeschooling, it's one thing that I know my husband and I would kind of get into this, this discussion in the first few years of homeschooling where I'm like, I can't do it all. I don't know how to do it all. And he's like, I don't need you to do it all. And I'm like, but I don't know which thing to do housework or homeschooling. I don't know which thing they're both really important. Um, and that's tough. And, you know, some years when my kids were really little, we would just do a four day school week and Mondays were my cleaning day. And I would recover our house from the weekend and get us set up for the week. And that was a great season. And that was really helpful when I had younger kids 
now most of our kids are older and their actual chores actually do something, <laughs> you know, like when they're little and their chores are the dishes, it's like there's water everywhere and they washed four dishes and now they're singing and they're playing in the sink and that's not really helpful but they're still like learning how to do something so you know it'll pay off in the end um we've gotten to that season where those things have paid off now and everyone's actually accomplishing something helpful around the house um and so i have their chores uh, we call them contributions um because you're contributing to our household um that's something that i learned from the one plus one plus one equals one blog way back when um I would say that was like 2010 before homeschooling YouTube and homeschooling podcasts and homeschooling help was really at hand. Um, there were a handful of blogs that were really helpful for me and hers was one of them and she called them contributions. And I just thought that's such a beautiful way to describe the family operating together and doing household chores. And so they have their morning contributions that help set us up for the day, which are things like making their own beds, you know, tidying up the main areas that we're working in. And then they have afternoon contributions that are that feel more like chores would, you know, chores from um, when I was a kid, which is like, you know, we're gonna wash the dishes for the day, or we're gonna wipe down the windowsills, or we're gonna clean the bathroom, things that don't make sense to what we're doing for the day. Um, so those things get done in the afternoon and that helps the general upkeep of our home. Um, and then, like I said, just doing what you can, when you can, that makes the most sense. I mop on Fridays because it's our family movie night and the kids sit on the floor. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to mop on Fridays because people are going to be on the floor and I want to know it's clean. So it's become habit or we go in the pool on Saturdays and it's the day where when we're all drying off, we all pick up the patio because there's always, you know, water, so, uh, sparkling water cans and things like that. So just those things, just kind of fitting it in where it makes the most sense and not trying to create this overbearing schedule, cleaning schedule or household management schedule that you are also going to feel like another thing that you're missing the mark on or you have to answer to this other schedule that's kind of bearing down on you. I love that because so often it can feel just like even when you've come up with your own planning, you know, your own planning mm -hmm. routine or your own chore list, it's like, wow, here's one more thing I'm not doing that yeah. I, I'm failing in this one more area, not meeting my goals. And just instead taking the idea, okay, well, like when is a thing that fits just naturally in the schedule, like the mopping on the Friday before everyone's sitting yeah. on the floor, like something that's already going to fit into the schedule you have instead of creating an artificial routine. I love that. That's, that's a really great tip. Well, Abby, here at the end, I'm going to ask you the questions that I ask all my guests. And the first is just, what are you personally reading lately? As many things as are on your stack as you'd like to share. I know. I know. I'm like in 16 books at a time always. <laughs> but the one that stands out to me right now is uh, I'm currently reading Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. It's a, a book and a books and a Bible study. And it's been a long time since I've done one of these, like read along and answer the questions in a workbook type of studies. And it's been really encouraging. It's a great book just for this season of what's it look like to do the next right thing? How do I also do this, but with a perspective of worshiping God and not, you know, just trying to have control over things. And so that has been a really big encouragement to me. A little convicting, a little stinging here and there. Um, 
but it's also been really practical with giving you some tools for how to manage certain expectations a little better um, and also has just been speaking to my heart. That sounds really good. I'll have to add that to my list. Yes. <laughs> my ever-growing list. <laughs> yes, always. There's always room for one more. <laughs> Well, you've shared so many wonderful tips already, but if you had to pick just one, your best tip for helping the homeschool day run smoothly, what would you share? Oh man, that's, that's hard because it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things, but I will say my husband and I were just talking about this recently. I would say that as difficult as it can seem to fit into your schedule or as unrealistic as it may feel with the kids running around and tasks at hand, starting my day in the word is really a game changer because you're going to start your day with something. Um, you're going to start your day with social media, or you're going to start your day panicking and rushing around to get household chores done, or you're going to start your day with something. So making it something that's worthwhile and that's going to fill you up and give you something, some sort of direction for the rest of the day is really, really important. And I know that there are seasons where it's really hard. I know that, you know, it's hard to do it with a grabbing baby. I'm in a season where my Bible pages are wrinkled because her hands are always at them and they've got some Cheeto on them. Um, but it's still really important. And we have tools to, to utilize when it's not an option to actually sit down with a pretty cup of tea in our Bible. You know, the Bible app will read it to you. And sometimes I'm listening to it while I'm taking a shower in the morning, or I'm listening to it in the car driving to a dentist appointment at 8am. But making that a habit to start my day with scripture has really helped so much. And the days where I don't, I notice it big time in my attitudes, in my motivation, um, because either way, somebody has to do the dishes, right? Somebody has to homeschool the kids, but it's whether or not I'm doing it with a heart posture of um, wanting to do all things as unto the Lord or whether I'm doing that because it has to be done and all these people. And there's a big difference in, in my, um, my motivation when, I, when I'm not spending time in the word. Uh, such a good, a good reminder. I think it was Spurgeon. I could be mis, um, misattributing this quote. So, but I think it was Spurgeon who said, you know, I like to start my day with an hour of devotion, you know, prayer and in the word. And on really busy days, I spend two, yes, <laughs> which seems so counterproductive, true. right? Because we're like, oh no, on the busy days, we can like, let that go. Right. We've got so much else to get done, but it's yeah. such a good reminder that really the most productive thing that we can do is to spend time with the Lord. It, it, it affects everything else we do. It does. Every single thing is affected. Abby, where can people find you all around the internet? Not very many places, but um, I do have a YouTube channel. It is called Rooted in Rest. Um, I have Instagram. I'm, I'm active on Instagram and YouTube most often. Um, and then also I am a contributor for Made to Homeschool. So I do contribute over there monthly, an article or a video or a hangout or a seminar or something like that. I've really enjoyed that as well. Um, and that is mostly where you will find me, where I'm most active and consistent. 
Well, I will have those links in the show notes for this episode over at humilityanddoxology.com. Thank you to everyone who has listened or watched. If you enjoyed this episode and were encouraged, I would love for you to share it with a friend. Make sure you're subscribed in your podcast app or on YouTube so you don't miss the rest of the Homeschool Conversations series. And Abby, it was really great to get a chance to chat with you today. Thank you for talking with us. Yeah, thank you for having me and just giving me some good thoughts to um, remind myself why I love homeschooling and what's most important. So thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Podcast sponsor Wilson Hill Academy is a vibrant and fully accredited classical Christian school available to families all over the world. Wilson Hill Academy serves grades 4 through 12, and students can register for one class or a full course load. Learn more at wilsonhillacademy.com. What do their online classrooms look like? Students join master teachers live online to engage in deep and lively discussions, solve math problems, conduct science experiments, translate Latin, deliver thesis presentations, and much more. Outside of class, they can participate in the house system or join a club, and everyone is invited to an in-person gathering at the end of the year for the ultimate family camp and commencement ceremony. At Wilson Hill, students make lifelong friends and graduate well-prepared for college and beyond. A classical Christian education will equip your child to love what is beautiful, good, and true, and to embrace lifelong learning. Discover what's possible for your family at wilsonhillacademy.com. Thanks for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool-conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.